הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאוכלים הפך. קדוש משר בארץ המה, מבחן רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם. נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגי מצמחה. נח נח נחמן נחמן מרומן זכותו תגן עלינו כל ישראל אמן. אז בעזרת השם, בשעה שאומר, at the time when a person is saying in prayers, הללו את השם מן השמיים וכולי, הללו כל מלאכיו, הללו כל צבעיו, אז ברדה נתהילים. Chapter 148, as we say every single morning. So when a person is saying these phrases, for example, הללו את השם מן השמיים, praise God from the heavens, הללו כל מלאכיו, praise him, all his angels, may all his angels praise God, הללו כל צבעיו, may all God's hosts praise him. What a person is doing is he's basically summoning all these different beings, celestial beings, or all these different people to come and praise Hashem, praise God. And from this, when a person is saying this, it's fitting for a person to, to, uh, to pray with, uh, with a heartfelt con- uh, concentration, with... Concentration truly from the heart. And it's, it's fitting that a person awakens his concentration. Because during his prayer, he is the one summoning all the worlds to praise and extol God. So we see that it's fitting for a person to be awakened, to pray to Hashem with more concentration, with more fire and desire um, at the time when he's saying these words. Because it's his words that are literally telling everyone else, all the upper world, all the upper angels and beings, to praise Hashem. And it's he's the one who's doing so. Rabbeinu tells us that when fantasies and evil thoughts try to um, overcome a person, attack a person and this person reinforces himself and strengthens himself and he's victorious over these fantasies he didn't let these fantasies take over his mind so Hashem has a great pleasure from this and it's very precious in God's eyes let's bring a parable so what happens for example on the, on the, um, with regard to kings and very high political um, officers um, with regard to kings and kingdoms etc on a very special occasion for that kingdom all these kings place these wild animals for sport that should battle one another they basically put animals in a cage and these animals are supposed to fight each other to the death basically and these kings are looking and gazing at what's going on and they have tremendous enjoyment and pleasure from this combat so now Rabbeinu is explaining that what? The same is true of thoughts. That thoughts, these foreign thoughts, come from chayot. We're going to see thoughts in general come from chayot. What's chayot? Wild animals. So we see that holy thoughts are the a- aspect of holy creatures, holy animals. But evil thoughts, foreign thoughts, are the aspect of impure thoughts, or impure animals. And it's, in divine, it's divinely ordained that they should combat one another. Meaning that these holy thoughts should be attacked by these evil thoughts and that they should engage in battle. It's Hashem's desire to do this. So what did Hashem do? So God sends a person 
these evil thoughts and these foreign thoughts while he's praying or while he's doing holy things, while he's having holy thoughts, so that they, he should engage in this, so that this person should engage in this battle and this fight. And it says that God has tremendous ta'anug, tremendous enjoyment and pleasure when a person overcomes these evil animals and he he's victorious over them. Hakra, the main rule is this. Rabbeinu tells us an awesome, awesome principle that we have to um, really um, ingrain um, in our minds because it's something that uh, is very practical and very helpful. The main rule is this. It's impossible in any given circumstance that two thoughts exist at the same time. Therefore, Rabbeinu said it's very easy to remove bad and foreign thoughts. All you need to do is sit and do nothing. Meaning, don't put your mind into the, that foreign thought. Just put your mind into another thought. Whether it's put your mind into, distract your thoughts, that foreign thought, by putting your mind um, into the thoughts of Torah, or service of God, or even business. Because it's impossible, under any given circumstance, to have two thoughts at the same time. It's impossible. You can only think one thing at the same time. That a person should not engage in this battle against these foreign thoughts by shaking his head every which way in order to expel these foreign and bad thoughts. Because this is not effective at all. Rabbeinu says, on the contrary. So Rabbeinu says, Whenever a person shakes his head and does all these things to try to get rid of these bad thoughts, they, these bad thoughts get even stronger and attacking this man even more. All a person needs to do is not pay attention to them. Just do what you're doing and what you're engaging in, whether it's in Torah or prayer or, ma- or business. Not to look behind you at all. And through this, automatically, those bad thoughts will be removed. Just put your mind somewhere else. And even if it's uh, attacking you and you feel dis- distressed by it, just uh, don't be uh, phased by it. Just think something else. And the final Torah to- for today. Torah Reshamadale 234. Dano, that telling stories of Tzadikim, meaning stories of what happened to these Tzadikim, there's something very great. And through this, when you tell these stories, your, thought is purif- your thoughts are purified. Your mind is purified. But it's impossible, Rabbeinu tells us, to tell these stories of tzaddikim except one who is able to imitate himself uh, with God. Meaning what? Meaning you're able to separate between light and darkness just like God is able to do. Meaning you're able to imitate um, and imitate Hashem. And what's this imitation we're talking about? Specifically the separation between light and dark that God did, uh, did at the beginning of time that you too are able to do that. And this is what makes a person capable of telling stories of tzaddikim, as if we can say. So, let's see why, what this means. Because corresponding to each and every story of a tzaddik, there's opposite that one, an evil story, that sends from a bad person. Because corresponding to the stories of these tzaddikim, opposite that, are these stories of wicked people, that also, um, similar to what happened to the Tzadikim, happened to these wicked people. 
It's literally the same story, just on the opposite side of him, on in impurity rather than purity. Just like we find, um, look at Tagum Yonatan chapter 31 of Bamidbar, verse 8. And also, um, Bamidbar Abba, if I'm not mistaken. Perek um, um, 22, verse uh, 5. So, we see these examples over there. So, what's an example? That we know that Pinchas did something great by flying in the air to engage in battle with Bilam. But we see that also opposite Pinchas' good act. That Pinchas is a huge tzaddik, and we see awesome story. This awesome story that we also see that the same story happened with a wicked person, which is who that also Bilam, the face of the highest form of impurity, also flew in the air. There's many stories that are similar to this because the evil always is opposite to good. So the difference is discernible only to one who's able to. To separate between light and darkness. Only such a person knows the extent of the separation and the differences between the, the stories of tzaddikim to the stories of wicked people. Because one, the stories of the tzaddikim occur from the side of holiness through the tzaddik's prayers. brought down with regard to Elisha, the student of Eliyahu Navi. Chapter 2, verse 8. Tell me, please, of the great things. Etc., etc. Meaning, that we brought down in the Baha Megillah, to, uh, Dav Chavzayin, page 27. Over there, when Elisha is um, saying this, it's a reference to what? That all the miracles that Elisha did were done through prayer. But uh, the stories of Reshaim, of wicked people, come through their own strategies and black magic or something else that they use from the side of impurity. So we see that the, the essential difference is known only to one who knows the difference between light and darkness, between evil and good. And also, even one who doesn't have this understanding to discern between good and evil, etc. But he has complete faith. That he believes that there's an awesome difference between these two, the wicked and the good. He too can also tell the stories of Tzadikim. But this faith needs to be pure and complete and clear faith. Very much. Literally, to the point where his faith is as if he's seeing that thing with his literal eyes. The aspect of steam hidden, and revealed. brought in lesson 62 of the And this is what is brought in the Midrash. In Bereshit, Parasha 2. To separate between light and darkness. Or what's light? These are the, action, the stories of Tzadikim. Actions of tzaddikim. Choshek darkness. Elu masem shel rashim. These are the wicked actions. Actions of the wicked. Hanu she masiot shel tzaddikim. Hemchinat orul rehefek masiot shel rashim. Hemchinat choshek. Umishe achol avdi ben orul choshek. Yachol asper masiot shel tzaddikim kanan. So what is this midrash coming to tell us? Well, Rabbeinu just explained that the stories of tzaddikim are the aspect of light. 
On the opposite, we have the stories of Reshaim, of wicked people, which represent darkness. And one who is able to discern between light and darkness can tell the stories of Tzadikim. Uh, Once a person is able to discern between the two and then tells these stories of Tzadikim, his thoughts are purified. Gamlitzon Mitzachot is also saved from troubles and sufferings. Because the birbul of that, because the confusion of a person's awareness, his knowledge, is what we call mochin de katnut, constricted consciousness. When a per- when a person's consciousness is attacked, is confused, he's in a lack of wide consciousness. He doesn't have proper consciousness. His consciousness isn't at a highest degree. He he's lacking understanding. So he's in a state of constricted consciousness. And from constricted consciousness comes troubles. Because constricted consciousness represents judgments. Um, as we know, because the only reason why it's a judgment is because you lack the consciousness to understand that actually it's very good. That's what Rabban was saying, that why suffering exists, because we lack that, we lack consciousness. But if we have that consciousness, then there's no such thing as suffering. We nullify all suffering, as Rabban explained in Lesson 65, this idea. So, and Rabbeinu says the opposite, constricted consciousness, which is judgment, are the stories of tzaddikim, which are actually expanded consciousness. It says, as we saw in the verse in Melachim, tell me of the great things, etc., etc. This represents the great luminary. The great luminary. <clears throat> and the great luminary is this aspect of great consciousness. Expanded consciousness. So through this, the story of Tzadikim, one is able to purify his thoughts from foreign thoughts. That these foreign thoughts are actually drawn from a place of constricted consciousness. Once you battle these foreign thoughts or you ascend up to expanded consciousness and you tell the story of Tzadikim, you sweeten these troubles and these judgments. Because all these judgments and troubles stem from Constricted consciousness. Rabbeinu also tells us another condition. We also have to know how to tell the story of the tzaddikim. Because within every story there is restriction. We also see that also when a person wants to purify his mind through the telling of a story of a tzaddik, we see that this from this story um, which is an aspect of dibu speech, becomes a thought to this person. The story in itself then gets um, then gets um, powered through this person's mind when he's telling the story and whenever he's going through the story and reviewing it, etc. That these words of this story end up being um, brought in and become the thought of this person, not just speech anymore. It enters into the realm of this person's mind. And it's certain that the story of this tzaddik about whom he tells must be greater than himself. Meaning that the person who's telling the story about this other tzaddik, that it must be that the tzaddik is greater than the person who's telling the story. In order so that what? So that the story of this tzaddik becomes a thought to this person. This is why a person needs to know about who to tell the story of, about which tzaddik, and how to tell the story. Because you cannot speak about that tzaddik, who technically is lower than you, 
um, because the tzaddik must be greater than the person who is actually telling the story in order that the tzaddik's story becomes a thought within this man. And now, once a person knows how to tell the story and um, who to tell the story about, then his thought is purified and he's able to ascend up to the world of machshava, of thought. This is what we call the ascension of all the worlds, the ascending of all the worlds, when you go up from world to world. Because thought is very, very lofty. One who wants to ascend up to the world of thought, a person needs to be silent. And even if a person speaks, even a proper word, a good word, he loses the thought. Because thought is something very lofty. That even um, that even a proper word, even a holy word, will lose the thought. So we see that when a person is telling the story, the story transforms from these words into a person's thoughts. Why? Because a person is ascending up all the worlds whenever he's telling the story, whenever he's thinking about the story specifically. He's ascending up to the world of thought. And in this world of thought, there's silence, which is where thoughts exist. Because thoughts don't have speech associated with it. It's just within the mind. And this is what is brought in, in uh, Menachot, in Gemara Menachot, Dav Chavtet, Shtok, When Moshe Rabbeinu asked questions to God, certain questions, Hashem responded back saying, Be quiet. This is the way it arose in my thought. Meaning what? Now we're reinterpreting the, the explanation what Hashem told Moshe. That Rabbi Nachman is explaining that what? That in order to ascend up to this world of thought, you need to be quiet. Shtok, be quiet. Now you're able to ascend up to thought. And even if a person Rabbanu says is quiet and he didn't speak at all, nonetheless, even in this scenario, there's confusions that try to confuse and distract and prevent a person. They try to prevent a person from ascending up to this world of thought. So Rabbeinu says the condition is a person needs to have purified thoughts. And this is how does a person do this? Through through the telling of these stories. To merit this, which we said above, if you want to tell stories, which we explained was upon the condition that you know how to discern between light and darkness. So if a person wants to merit this, if a person wants to imitate God, that he knows now how to separate between light and darkness, as we said above, who says, if a person wants to merit this level, with all the things associated with it, with holy thoughts, that a person is able to ascend up to the thought, the world of thought, etc., and purify his mind and mitigate judgment, etc., through the telling the stories of tzaddikim, you need one thing, is what? It's hashkacha. It's through providence, divine providence. That you transcend natural order, which is the general um, levels of holiness. This is the generality of holiness. To transcend natural order. And this a person merits through the land of Israel. Because Israel is the general, is the generality of all holiness, of all the types of holiness in the world. That Eretz Israel encompasses all the holinesses, when, all the, the holiness within it. That Eretz Yisrael is that one branch through which everything, that one tree through which everything else stems off of. Because we know in the land of Israel, all the ten types of holiness exist there. This is why it's said about the land of Israel, chapter 11, that the eyes of Hashem, your God, are constantly looking at it, are constantly upon it, 
upon the land. Because Rabbeinu is explaining through that verse that in the land of Israel is only divine providence. Is brought down in Dvarim. Look down from your holy abode. Your holy abode. And this is what it says. Hashem place Hashem before me always. I place Hashem before me always. Meaning, when I want to be lehashvot, when I want to lehashvot shiviti, which comes from the word shiviti, when I want to liken myself lehashem to God, ulidamot, and to make myself similar, to imitate myself to God, meaning to be able to discern between land and darkness, as I lenegitamid, then what I place Him before me always. Which is the aspect of what the land of Israel. What's how do we know this? Because What's tamid? It's a reference to the land of Israel. Meaning, if a person wants to be slimmer to God, he has to tap into the side of Eretz Yisrael, which is what? Which is tamid. Meaning, you place before me tamid. When you place the land of Israel before you, which is the aspect of Hashkacha, divine providence, then you're able to make yourself imitate Hashem and be able to discern between light and darkness. That how do we know Tamid is a reference to the land of Israel as we brought down the verse that God's eyes are constantly on it. This aspect of Tamid of always are always looking at the land. Tamid is And Rabbi tells us know this that there's a name that when a person wants to appoint a king they use this name. It's a holy name. Hashem who Kuf, Mem, and He. The name is the, are these, this letter combination. Kuf, the letter Mem, and the letter He. Look in the Vayakhen Moshe, the Sefer Vayakhen Moshe, Parasha Kuf, Mem, Aleph, over there. And if you take the letters Kuf, Mem, and He, Rashi Tevot Ashkifa Mimeon Kotshecha. If you take these letters, it's an acronym. The acronym for this phrase, Ashkifa Mimeon Kotshecha, is that name that we just mentioned. Look down from your holy abode. Look down from your holy place. So we see here that Rabbanu is explaining that if you want to appoint a king, it's through this name, which is an aspect of Eretz Yisrael and Hashkacha. And this is what is brought in Daniel chapter 2. Mehadeh Malchin Mehakem Malchin. Mehadeh Malchin, he deposes kings, and he establishes kings. This is a reference to God. And with regard to Yosef, when suddenly my sheep stood up, with regard to the dream that Yosef had about um, the uh, the crop, about the 11 crops bowing down to him, etc., etc. So we see these phrases of of the, these letter combinations of Kuf, Mem, and He in these verses in Daniel chapter 2. Which is this name, meaning to establish a king, you use this name, Kuf, Mem, and He. And also, with regard to Yosef, is this uh, name of Kuf, Mem, He, which is the name that one that um, that is used in order to establish a king to bring to appoint a king. So, Rabbanu is explaining this awesome story with regard to Yosef, and it's brought down in Daniel, which is uh, Look down from your holy abode. So we see that this aspect of kingship comes from this um, looking down from the Holy Abode, which is an aspect of Eret um, Yisrael. So, um, may we merit to truly attain this Hashkacha, attain purified thought, and to apply the advice Rabbeinu explains in this lesson to the best of our ability. Amen.